Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. On today's episode of the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, I have Dana Cavalier. Dana Cavalier spent 12 years with the New York Yankees organization, many of those years as the Director of Strength and Conditioning and Performance Enhancement, winning a World Series in 2009. In addition, he was the recipient of the 2009 Major League Baseball Nolan Ryan Award. This award is given to Major League Baseball's top strength coach as voted by his peers. During his career, Dana has had the opportunity to train greats such as Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, Mariano Riviera, Andy Pettit, Justin Verlander, and more. Currently, he is a high-performance speaker and consultant to pro athletes, entrepreneurs, business executives, workforces, and universities on lifestyle strategies to reduce stress, improve work-life balance, and most importantly, improve daily performance and outcomes. All of this is known as performance enhancement. Dana has formulated plans and strategies to improve sleep, reduce pain, lower stress, improve body composition, speed, strength, and power, as well as mindset training for maximal performance. Dana, thank you for taking the time to join me today on the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. I am grateful for your time today and your insight for the listeners. Why don't we start by telling us a little bit about Dana Cavalier and how the heck you ended up with strength and conditioning coach and performance coach for the New York Yankees. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I started as a as an intern, you know, but I started before that as a young baseball player here in the New York area and just became a fan of the game and went to a game with my father at one point. You know, my parents were both teachers. We were sitting up in the nosebleed section and I was looking out in the outfield and I saw this guy stretching players and, you know, really, you know, forming a, a tight bond with the players. At least it appeared to, you know, be happening to my eyes. But I realized that was the strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, I kind of filed that visual for quite some time. And when it was my uh, time to go to college, I had to decide on where I wanted to go to school. So I decided on the University of South Florida down in Tampa. I knew the Yankees were there. I knew the Blue Jays were there, the Pirates, a bunch of professional baseball teams. I realized my playing ability wasn't going to get me to the big leagues. So I had to find a different way. And I remembered that guy when it was time to make a a decision on my major. And I realized if I majored in sports medicine and exercise science, I could go on and be a strength and conditioning coach with a pro team. Luckily, that that happened. And um, I was interning with the football team down at USF. And the strength coach there got a call from the Yankees and they needed a hand in the weight room. And he said, Hey, I got this young kid from New York down here. He asked me if I'd want to take the gig. And I did. So every morning I'd go over to, to the field and I would uh, just clean the weight room and I would just be present. And uh, what's ironic about that story is a week before I actually got that call, I was 
watching these guys practice through a chain link fence with a flip phone camera, sending videos home to New York. Next thing you know, I'm on the field. You know, I have Jerry <laughs> Jeter running by me and Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. So it was kind of a, a full circle story from sitting in the upper deck, watching this guy in the outfield, stretching players. And then five, six years later, I'm actually working next to this, this gentleman. It was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, from there, I, uh, ended up becoming the head strength coach at 23 years old. And, you know, I was a young guy fired up and excited for the opportunity and, and grateful for the opportunity I was given from Brian Cashman. So that's, that's awesome. You, you worked with some of the best in the, in the, with the Yankees time. You've worked with uh, A-Rod, of course, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, like as you said, and Justin Verlander. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We, I had the opportunity to work with some really, really great players. And yeah, so as much as I, I felt like I taught them, they ended up teaching me a lot more than, you know, than I anticipated, you know, just in terms of mindset and just dealing with failure and dealing with negatives in, in, in life and business and, you know, across the board. So. There was a lot of give and take, uh, but I was very fortunate to work next to the best for so many years. Yeah. And then in 2009, you won the uh, Major League Baseball Nolan Ryland Award for the best strength and conditioning and performance coach. Yeah. Yeah. We had, you know, I, I, I did get that award. I got a better award that year, which was the 2009 World Series trophy. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, so... The individual accolades are definitely the result of, of, of being a part of a great team with a great bunch of guys, and uh, they allow you to shine. So um, uh, I appreciate the award, but I value the World Series team trophy and ring a lot more yeah, yeah. Than, uh, than that personal uh, yeah. victory. That's awesome. So, yeah, and really cool. How do you, I mean, one thing, I know right now you're doing, Are you? do you have a gym? So I had um, five training facilities in the New York area. You know, our tagline was train like a pro. And really my, my goal was to provide the same service to, you know, the general population that we gave these professional athletes. In doing that, opening these facilities and running them for quite some time, what I realized was most of the general population is not ready to handle what it takes to be a professional. Really what I found, they, they to handle it as being a professional athlete or training like one, but also being a truly professional and high performing businessman or businesswoman. And I say that, you know, not, not to criticize, but you can definitely see the difference between high performers and average performers and low performers. And, you know, my vision was to take the same methods that we use with these high performers and bring it to the general pop. And what I saw was a lack of commitment. They didn't take it as seriously as that of a high performer. So what ended up happening was I condensed our business model and we're, we've opened up facilities inside of country clubs and we offer a, a, a home care model, a home training model okay. um, where we deliver service to a lot of CEOs, high-level executives, high-level entrepreneurs. And, and that's what we do now. That's so, good. And in addition... Yeah, it's great because we go right to our target market and we found that they really understood and valued the offering because they needed to compete at the highest level in order to win in a very competitive business landscape. Yeah, let's let's discuss that a little bit. I mean, as a as a professional baseball player, you, they have 162 games a year. 
that that's, yeah. that's a that's a lot of games. So yeah, you have 162 plus 30 in spring training, plus another potential 19 in the playoffs. Right. So if you break it down, you're over 200 games potentially. So you have to be prepared physically and mentally to endure that. And it's not, you know, the glamour is what you see on TV and 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 what you may see on Instagram and social media. But there's not a lot of glamour behind being a professional athlete and being in pro sports. It's, it's really a grind. And you need to be fit enough mentally and physically in order to endure that grind. And that's where most people, you know, come up short. I mean, there's players with great talent that can't handle the grind. Uh, there's players with mediocre talent that step up and embrace the grind and elevate themselves to the next level. You know, people say, hey, they're making millions of dollars. They should be able to handle it. And that means absolutely nothing. And that's a very ignorant statement that people make because it's absolutely grueling being away from your family, your friends, being relocated to new states, uh, possibly being traded at any time. If your performance is down, it could cost you your next payday. So there's a lot of variables that come into play with being successful at the professional level. And now you got now you take this to business executives and entrepreneurs, like you said. What I mean, I, I read a little article about your your methodology on uh, seven elements: uh, evaluate, educate, prevent, train, compete, fuel, recovery. Yeah. So what what I did, Tom, was I I've actually revamped those, and I created what I call my five drivers of performance. Okay. Which is really mindset, training, fueling, recovery, and influence. So I took my what I used with my athletes and I condensed it to the five most important, you know, drivers that really drive your day-to-day performance. And my goal is that when I build programs for people, it incorporates those five drivers. And I said, if we can get people mentally focused, if we can get people on the right training program, if we could fuel them appropriately, we can build in daily recovery. If we can do those four things, when they walk around their office or they walk around their family and friends, they're going to be able to positively influence them, which is the fifth driver, because of what the work that they're doing day to day. You know, they're le- leading by example. So, and that's the same thing if you run a big company. If you're the CEO and you take care of yourself, you're high energy, you're mentally focused, and you're on the ball, you're going to bring that to your workplace and workforce. And it's going to force everyone to step up their physical game and making sure that everybody's fit to win so you can create a championship-based workplace. Okay, let's talk about the training aspect of that. These guys are busy entrepreneurs, busy executives. They're busy. And yeah. I, I hear this all the time from my aspect as a functional medicine practitioner. Hey, I'm, I, I have no time. How do you motivate somebody to make the time I think the reality is we all have the same amount of time. It's just we have to make a decision on how we allocate that time. And really what happens is people allocate time based on what they deem important or more important. When you work with somebody, the first thing and the first, you know, I guess, goal that I have outside of figuring out what makes them tick and what they want is being able to say, how do I create a level? How do I make this the most important thing in their life? You know, outside of, you know, let's say their family, right? Right. How, how do I show them how by improving their overall mentality and physicality, 
it'll drive their bottom line way up and 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 bear more fruit in their entire life how do i create that linkage for them and if i can do that i can show them that they're not just coming in for a training session or they're not just coming in for an appointment this leads to that and if i can constantly reinforce that relationship between how your training leads to better performances we can create much more compliance to the program and that's what i did with our pro athletes these guys want to make hundreds of millions of dollars and become champions you need to train if right. you want to be you know make millions of dollars for a long time and have multiple championships and may, you know maybe mvps you need to train so you need to correlate the training with the end result that they want and desire and if you can do that you're a winner as as a coach and a professional and they're a winner in their space as well and then it creates momentum and addiction and they realize for themselves how this leads to that i was reading a blog of yours because i get your daily blog which i love and i think everybody should sign up for this thank you and that's a lot of work in itself buddy by the way doing a yeah, daily blog yeah monday to friday yeah <laughs> train like a pro blog is the name of it and you can go to dana cavalier's website and sign up for that but i'll put the link in the show notes but the particular blog that I really, today's blog referred back to this one, which I read originally, but today's blog was out of, was a guest blog spot about competitive hunger and perfectionism as a, as a entrepreneur or executive. But this blog that I'm talking about was the out of order blog, which is really amazing. And so... Can you go into the 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 out of order side? I mean, we we all hate to walk into a restroom and see it. You know, we pull into a gas station, you're off the highway, and you see an out of order sign in the men's bathroom. You know, nothing pisses yeah. you off more. Yeah, especially when it's sitting there for three to five days or three to five weeks. It shows that number one, it's out of order, probably because it was poorly or not maintained. Number right. one, and number two, you know. It, it may not be that particular structure may not be able to be fixed. So we never want to get ourselves personally, you know, to that point. And, you know, I'll, I'll just take a half step back, but the origin of the blog was really for my personal clientele and athletes, because I needed to find a way to keep them focused day to day. So I figured if I gave them a reminder every morning at 6.02 in the morning, it would say, oh, okay, let me read this for two to three minutes and get my day. It just puts them in a good headspace to take on on their day, and it's a good, remi a good reminder. And when I was writing the Out of Order blog, it was based on me talking to one of my CEO clients that lived most of his life out of order. He got fat. He got unhealthy. He got rich. But he had to pay back some of his riches in order to restore his mental health and physical health. And he said, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I would have reversed my order and I would have put my health first and I would have realized sooner that my health and positive well-being mentally and physically would drive optimal performance. And I wouldn't have had so many days where I felt tired, lethargic, lacking energy, and just really felt like overall crap. And he said, how much more would I have been able to make? And how many more deals would I have been able to close if I was functioning optimally mentally and physically? And that's what led to that out of order and saying, you know, you got to get your priorities straight 
And you have to realize how this can get you that. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people running around like that on a daily basis. Oh, there's a lot of broken people out there, you know, mentally and, and physically. Right. And that brokenness that they bring to their life every single day is really weakness. So in order to be successful, I wrote a blog on this today about confidence and strength. In order to be confident and strong as you go through your day, you know, you need to feel good. Right. That's the key, right? So if you don't feel good, you're not going to feel confident and strong. And everything else is going to start to kind of unwind itself and, and fall apart around you because you're constantly going to be trying to grab rope to hold on, you know, for dear life. And people also don't don't take a lot of responsibility for themselves and their overall health. And um, my favorite part about being around the sport of baseball and being around professional athletes is you can't hide. You absolutely can't right. hide. If you work in a company... You can hide. You can hide and make, make excuses. At the end of the day, when your stat line is under your name, here's your average, here's your how many homers you have, RBIs, how many errors you made, how many strikeouts you have, you can't hide from that. That's all you. 100%, you own that stat line. And my conversation with people is about you owning your stat line. What would your stat line say underneath you know, Tom Underwood or Jane Smith or whatever? What do your stats say? I mean, I have clients like this. I end up firing the ones that can't get it together, but they're heavy, they're overweight, and they have the audacity to tell you that they eat well and that <laughs> they exercise every day. And you're looking at them and you're saying, there's, there's just no way. Your weight's going up, your stomach's getting bigger, and you're telling me you basically eat salad and you know grilled vegetables and, and, and lean meat and fish all day. That's what you eat. Right. And, you know. You're calling bullshit on that one. Yeah, exactly. You know, because their stat line, when you look at their weight, keeps elevating. Their energy levels keep going down. So we need to to really have that honest conversation. And, and sometimes, it's you know, you have to have that moment with yourself where you give up. You say, all right, I've, I've been full of it. Now, how do I get myself back on track? And, and that's the whole idea. The long-term play in a long game is what you're trying to win. Right. In the blog, you mentioned the maintenance prevents breakdowns. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's like a car. If you're not changing the fluids or checking the fluids or looking at your tires and putting air in them, and, you know, it's going to break down. It's totally going to break down. And I have another CEO client that I work with. I mean, he's very successful. He owns a professional sports team. And, you know, he's been grinding hard. He's 62 years old. He's been going really hard for a lot of years. You know, he was getting his running in. He was eating well. He was doing all of his things. And then he started to get a little bit tired. And he, he was fighting to maintain the same amount of running mileage, the same amount of training frequency. And when he couldn't maintain it at the levels he wants, he got frustrated and started to pull back. And I had told him, I said, listen, you, when it comes to your training, you're going to go through different seasons. You can't maintain high intensity you know, for, you know, 365 days a year over 20 years. And if you try to, you're going to eventually burn out. And now we have to get you back on track. So part of my, my strategy, when you talk about maintaining, you also have to know where you are today, what your stressors are that are around you and adjust your programming accordingly. So I told them, I said, listen, instead of putting high pressure on yourself, let's start a clock 
you're going to train Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And what we're going to do is we're going to put a clock on for 20 minutes. And we're going to do this program, you know, for 20 minutes. And then you're done. When that clock's up, no matter where we are in that program, you're done for the day. So although it may not be the absolute ideal physical program for him in terms of volume, like in a perfect world, him knowing he's done in 20 minutes works really well with his psychology as to where he's at right now. Okay. And the goal is to get him comfortable there, get him to feel like he's having success again. I'm showing up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm doing my 20 minutes. Success, success, success. And that momentum will carry him into wanting to do more as his overall external stressors start to decrease. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, text RH. CP, that's Rebel Health Coach Podcast, or Red Hot Chili Peppers, to 22828. Again, that's RHCP to 22828. Thank you, and have an awesome day. Let's talk about the fueling this machine that we're talking about. I mean, I deal with people that have diabetes or you know, heart conditions, cardiovascular issues, you know, and my, I always talk to them about fueling the machine and, and, you know, you can't, even though your doctor's got you on medication and we're, I'm trying to get you off the medication and fuel your machine. Right. How do you, how do you keep these guys that you're coaching to understand the process of fueling when they're eating out all the, you know, cause they probably eat out a lot. That's the toughest part of the game for these guys. And I tell them, listen, just because it's on the menu doesn't mean you have to eat it. Right. Or the way it's on the menu doesn't mean you have to eat it that way. If you feel like you want to have something prepared a certain way, you can ask for it and you should ask for it. So what I tell these guys is, listen, you know that typically the nights you're going to go big, it's going to be Friday and Saturday night. Those are your two big nights. So during the week, let's really just try to eat, you know, most of our meals will be a protein and a vegetable, a protein and fruit, you know, whatever, whatever combination or both. You could have a protein, fruit, veg, or you could have protein, veg, or you could have protein, fruit, right? So just, right. just to get them in the habit of eating clean and keeping their calories down. So that's what we work to, you know, to create for them most of the week. On the, on the weekends, if we know Friday and Saturday are the nights that they're going to probably go a little bit ham and consume the most calories. Then I try to just create caloric balance for them for the day. I say, listen, here's what we're going to do. If you're going to go to dinner Friday night, you're going to keep your calories very low throughout the day on Friday. And you're going to keep your calories very low throughout the day on Saturday, since you know that your dinner meal is going to be a higher calorie meal. Now these guys may go out and consume 2000 calories in one meal. So, that one meal is pretty much their daily value in calories. Right. So rather than eat, you know, bigger meals throughout the day, we're, we're going to anticipate them having a high calorie meal for dinner. So we're going to offset that with very low calorie eating and clean eating throughout the day. And then also when they order, just request no added salt and dry. You know, we can get so deep into, you know, meal structures and all these. And and that's great when you have that type of client and you have somebody that's really, you know, dialed in. But I try to just give very simple guidelines in order to, you know, be fair to them 
and I know they got a million things going on and keep it very simple. Right. You work with them with mindset, I'm sure, also. Yeah, that's a big part of, of what I do. I do a lot of uh, CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, just while I work on them. So I'm, I tell people what I am is I'm an on-field coach. I'm not a coach that, you know, took a weekend certification and, and now as a coach, you know, my background is in competitive on-field coaching, but I also have a degree in sports medicine and exercise science. And with that, I developed in all my years working with players, I was an asset manager. I had to oversee $300 million in human assets and making sure they were healthy enough right. and fit, fit enough to play every day in a pain-free manner. So I developed, I do a lot of what I call table work, uh, making sure, you know, it's, it's a mix of stretching, soft tissue work, fascial release, um, and joint range of motion work. So with my clients, you know, especially the ones that are local or if I fly and go see them, you know, I, I use a massage table. I put them on the table and I, I release the tissue in their, in their upper and lower extremity. And that gets them to relax. And once, as they relax, they verbally start to open up more in that creating that safe environment where they feel comfortable to talk to you and, and open themselves up and create levels of vulnerability. They don't have a lot of people in their life that they could do that with. So our sessions become much more than the physical. They become very mindset oriented in allowing them to kind of do a brain dump right. and an emotion, an emotional dump. And then my volley back to them is giving them perspective on what I'm hearing right. and empowering them at the same time with, with both my words to them and dialogue back and forth. Um, so it's that relationship that allows for, for a, a, an ultimate result, you know, physically and mentally. Right. I'm going to leave this next question for you. To the common person that comes to you, what is your first step in, in moving them forward to progress, to change their life? Yeah. In a health and wellness way. Yeah. Well, you know, it starts with a conversation, right? I feel like so many people are out there and a lot of people feel like nobody understands me. They don't understand me. Everything's like a blanket statement and generalized. Right. So, so I start off all my relationships with people, prospective clients with a dialogue. And it's the first step of, of building a relationship. It's we're not going to get married if we don't date. So let's get to know each other and figure out what you have going on. And most of the time, what they tell you the first time is just the topical stuff, but there's usually a lot more going on below the surface that leads to what's actually going on. So, you know, it's like, oh, I feel fat, I'm heavy, I'm overweight. How's your life? Oh, I'm great. Everything's good. I love my job. You know, I'm doing really well. Family's good. Kids are good. Good, good, good. Like how, when you ask someone, how you doing? I'm doing good. Right. You know, they're not going to say, oh my gosh, you know, so the, the, beginning of the relationship is really about getting to know the other person and, and what they really are about, what makes them tick, where they're happy, where they're not happy. And from there, believe it or not, you could start to identify where they're, they're packing their, their stress or their, their anger or right. whatever it is. And then you start to unpack all that and put in play different therapies. Some people just need someone to talk to. They don't need right. the physical stuff. You know, they start talking to you, they start feeling better, they start making positive choices. 
other people have actual, you know, pain and limitations physically that are hindering their performance. So we need to give them a different prescription. So individualization and building relationships is where everything begins. Right. And it's important that we maintain that thought process through our relationship together. Because who you are today is not who you are tomorrow. Yeah. How many days a week do you normally have some of these gentlemen working out? Most of them work out like with me. The most they work out with me is three days a week. Okay. The average is two. And then in between, what I do is I put just a morning routine together for them. It's usually about 30 to 40 minutes of cardiovascular exercise. Depending on where they're at, it may be steady state. It may be more interval-based, depending on where they're at, just to get their body started and going throughout the day. Most of my clientele, in terms of professional clientele, is over 40. You know, so they deal with these daily aches and pains and postural issues and things like that. So I, I set them up with a, a daily plan for them to attack daily. And then on the days that I'm there, I address a lot of their soft tissue issues, joint range of motion issues, pain, and basic strengthening. What about recovery for them? Well, the soft tissue work that I do. So, you know, after games, I would get these guys bath salts and, you know, you get some of these guys like CC Savapia is, you know, six foot six, six foot seven, you know, hanging out of a bathtub. And, uh, you know, <laughs> after, after a game, in a, taking a hot salt bath and guys would be like, Hey, I got candles too. You know? So these are, <laughs> you know, guys that you have to introduce recovery and relaxation too, because they're high octane people. They're, they're type A. Uh, I call them their type A killers. They're they're hungry. They're they're always chasing, you know. Right. So we got to pull pull them back and get them reacquainted with the opposite side of competition. Right. So competition is intense. We need to show them the other side so they can create a nice balance between the two sides. And you use that with your executives and 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 your entrepreneurs too. Yes, same yeah. thing. It's so it's it's. It's, you know, it's um, looking at their day. Hey, when you get home from work, what is a part of your transition from work to dad or work to, you know, husband? Like, what is your transition? When you get home and you undress, is it as simple as undressing and putting on your cash clothes and you can turn the switch? And some people can. Other people, it's like, hey, I need to shower. Other people, it's like, hey, I need, I need to shower when I get home. And I'm still revved up, so I need a hot bath at night to bring my temperature down. Some guys need, like, to, on their way home, they like to hit the gym and take a steam to kind of use the heat to bring them down, shower, and then go home. You know, so it's understanding people's routines. And it's also a little bit of testing and saying, you know, how'd you feel with that? They've never done that before. It's about me introducing it to them, letting them try it, getting the feedback. And saying yes, or hey, why don't you give this a try instead? Or why don't you try this and let's see which one you like better out of the two? When you're also dealing with type A, you know, thoroughbred racehorses, <laughs> they also want to be involved in the process. They right. don't want you to just be telling them what to do all the time. So you also need to include them in that process. And by doing that, you know, they feel more bought in. You know, they feel like it's part, it's theirs too. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I mean, you're but you're a type A racehorse yourself, though. I am. So I relate well to them because I've been I've been there. You know, yeah. I've 
you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, I feel like I've been the guy, you know, the, the underdog chip on the shoulder coming from behind the whole time, you know, as a young guy going with the Yankees, I started as an intern at 19. So I'm around guys that are, you know, I'm driving a beat up car, eating uh, ramen noodles with three roommates during uh, the hours I'm not with the team. And when I'm with the team, I'm around guys that are just a few years older than me, to 10 to 15 years older than me that have hundreds of millions of dollars and, you know, are eating Kobe beef and filet mignon. <laughs> um, so, so I've always balanced these two lives, reality right. with my work and my goal in life has always been to try to close the gap. But I also know that in closing that gap, you can use your head to close that gap and strategy, or you could just push, push, push. And by pushing, you will burn out over time. Give me one takeaway, Dana Cavalier takeaway. My takeaway is really about you got to do you. You have to make sure that whatever you're doing is fit for you. The professional that you hire to help you has to align with you. You need to have a connection with that person as well. Um, but everything needs to be individualized because each of us, although we're all, you know, human beings and some people say human doings because we don't stop, you need to have a plan and a team that's really built for you that you gel with, that you know supports you, and you know that you could could win with, right? Because how many of us try different things and we fail because we don't really connect to to those things, you right. know, that, that somebody's having us do. So and along with do you, it's just start by taking that first step and doing a little bit at a time and those mini victories, you know, hey, I want to eat well today. Define what well is and then do it today and feel good that you won that particular day with those mini victories and then do it again tomorrow. So don't bite off more than you could chew and make sure that you're doing you one step at a time. Just do you. Thank you so much, man. I know you I know you have a tight schedule and we've tried this at another time and you're on, actually I, you were on vacation and it didn't work out. Yeah. But, but I you know, I, I was surprised you actually tried to do this on vacation with your wife. So I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> we do I, I try to do what I can. Unfortunately yeah. the internet wasn't wasn't that great in that <laughs> unit. But um but we got it together. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, you're, I, I love following you and I'm going to put the, you know, the blog because your blog, your daily blogs motivate me. And, Thank uh, you. I push myself, I'm like you a lot. I, I'm a, you know, busy entrepreneur. I push myself hard every day and I, but I do, I, I am kind of a workout addict because I need that physical workout every day for my head. That's my escape. But before we go, and I, you know, like I said, thank you very much for taking the time. If you had one hour to kill, what album or artist would you put on the radio to listen to? It's it's kind of an off the beat group that I listen to. I, I'm a big. My dad's a musician, so I I grew up with music. But um, my my band and my go to is actually a group by the name of OAR of a Revolution. Oh yeah, and um, they're a big. Sports, they're a bunch of sports guys and they're a sports band. And, you know, we always hear them in different stadiums. You know, I would actually listen to them on the way home from every game. They had a song called Black Rock that they wrote. And it's about like maintaining yourself, no matter how big you get and, you know, how big your life gets. Right. You know, you, you can always go back to where you started and go back to your home and just kind of be real and, you know, come back 
to earth, but I actually ended up training them a few years ago, uh, a few <laughs> years ago. So here's my, my favorite band that kind of got me through a lot of things mentally chill out. And, uh, I've actually become really good friends with the guys and, and, uh, every, yeah. So I, I try to train them a couple times a year as they come through New York and, you know, in some other cities when we cross paths. So of a revolution, uh, OAR. And, yeah, uh, I just bought tickets to them. They're coming to Atlanta on uh, August 1st. Oh, really? Wow. That's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those guys are some of the best athletes I've trained. You wow. know, Mark and, and uh, John Lampley's the uh, trumpet player, Jerry DePizzo, the uh, sax player, and they're awesome guys, and and they totally get it, and that's how they've lasted so long in the world of music, which is competitive. And, right, that's uh, cool. You know, has a, yeah, yeah, so great guys. All right, I'm going to let you get back to work, brother. Thanks for taking the time, man. You got it. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.